0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. This is the podcast all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. And I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and I'm going to apologize in advance because as I said, I think in a previous episode, my neighbors in this building above me, they've gone from like hard walkers to like hard runners, like legit, literal, boom, 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 boom like incessantly I think they have like kids and it's just more confirmation that in Jesus name I pray that this is the last year that we are in this condo because we have outgrown it and I this pandemic has shown me the limits of communal living and so While it was nice in the beginning to kind of have something that was like low maintenance and my child was small, uh, those days have long passed. So if you hear any craziness in the background, that's what it is. My bad. So we are in a new series and this in many ways is related to the previous series. So I hope that you had an opportunity to listen to the Confidence series. I hope that it was a blessing to you please know that registrations are still open for the Confidence Seminar Series, which you can register for at readytobelieve.com. That is going to kick off December 7th. So we're going to meet Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 12 to 1. So basically take your lunch hour and get all the good, good, goodness out of that three-day series. It's really going to be a great way to carry some momentum into the new year, especially after the year that we have had. So if you have not Registered for that, you can do so right now at readytobelieve.com. So our new series is the Promise Keepers series. And our guiding scripture comes from Numbers 23, verse 19, one of my favorite scriptures in the Old Testament. And it says this, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Some versions say God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent. But essentially that's what that means, that God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? So on today's episode, we will be talking about the premise of the promise, the purpose of the promise, and the power of the promise. You know, I love me some alliteration. So as an English professor, anytime I can throw that in there, I'm going to do it. So let's talk about the premise, okay? So let's start with some definitions as we often do for every series. Premise is a statement or an idea that is taken to be true and on which an argument or reasoning may be based. So the premise, it's a statement or an idea that you have to accept as the truth. And then once you accept that truth, then we build an argument or reason our point based on your belief that that is the truth. And then promise. A promise is a declaration or assurance that one will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. So we have premise and we have promise. The premise is a statement or an idea that you accept as fact in order to except the other parts of the story. And then a promise is a declaration or an assurance that something is going to happen. So for example, if you have ever watched any of those uh, Disney movies, Cinderella, the Bippity Boppity Boo, um, (laughs) or Harry Potter, or anything like that, one of the premises that you have to accept is that there is magic that exists. So if you cannot accept that premise, then that story will bother you it will contort you it will confuse you it will bother you because you're like this isn't this isn't real this isn't true that couldn't possibly happen like oh my gosh so there's a thing that happens when you go to the movies you have to suspend disbelief you have to set aside your normal logical rational thinking quote-unquote in order to accept the premise that magic is real and as a result you can just sit back and enjoy all the bippity boppity boonness so that is that is an example of a premise. And so in the Promise Keeper series, we are going to start with a premise. In order to experience the full intention of this series, you have to accept the premise. If you don't accept the premise, if you do not accept the foundation upon which I am going to build this episode, it will be of no use to you. Because your logical mind is going to try to develop counter arguments against what I'm about to lay out. And your emotional mind, The mind that has experienced lies and hurt and trauma will try to guard itself from the vulnerability that is necessary to accept the content of this episode. So what is the premise? I read it to you in the opening. That God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? So the premise of this series is that whatever your experiences have been with regard to promises, whether they were kept or broken, whether you were the sir or the promisee or the promised, uh, the promises of God are always, capital letters, always, yes and amen. So what does that mean? Second Corinthians Chapter one, verses 18 through 20, and all of these scriptures will be in the show notes if you want to take a look at them later. But second Corinthians chapter one, verses 18 through 20 says this, but as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no for the son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him, it has always been yes. Yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So what does that mean? What that means is God is not wishy-washy. God is not sometimey. God does not change with every wind and doctrine and cultural change in the milieu. This says, this scripture says that God is consistent. This says that God is firm. Amen means it is so. Amen means absolutely. And that whenever God makes a promise, you can be certain that it will come to fruition. It is absolute. It is a done deal. And whether it takes one year or a thousand years, God has never and will never waver in his promises to his people. And notice how Paul, the writer, starts this premise. He says, but as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. It has always been yes. The premise being that Just like God is faithful, just like that is something that cannot be disputed, that is something that is not in question, that is something that is just known and accepted, that is a premise. Just like that, our message to you, our preaching of the gospel of Christ, of Jesus and him crucified, is yes, not, well, sometimes this and well, sometimes that. He said no, it's yes. It's always been yes. There is no wavering in that. So that no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us. In other words, we're just giving affirmation. We just saying, we tagging in on that. We, we, we giving dap on that. We saying, yes, we putting punctuation on that, that what God has spoken and what Jesus has done and the promises that God has made are absolute. We are endorsing that in Christ. In short, He's saying when I preach Jesus, when I tell you who Jesus is, when I tell you what Jesus did, when I tell you what Jesus is doing, you can believe it. You don't have to question it. You don't have to mull it over. You don't have to carry the one and subtract the two and raise the three to the second power. You can accept it by faith. And one of the things that you can accept is that no matter how many promises that God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So that begs the question, right? How many promises has God made? Well, I looked this up actually. And according to Everett Storms, a Canadian school teacher who has read the Bible through 27 plus times, he started counting up the promises. And according to him, There are approximately 7,487 promises from God to mankind in the Bible. And that's just in the Bible, okay? That's just in the canon. That's just in the record, in the cover to cover. We're not even talking about the promises, you know, that God has made to you and every man that God has spoken to ever since, you know, revelations ended. So that's a lot of promises. And many of us have experienced the disappointment when someone promises one thing and does another, or they overpromise and underdeliver. But the premise of this series is that no matter how many promises God has made, He will always deliver what He has promised. Which brings us to purpose. If you look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, the B part of that verse says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll tell you this. So I don't know if you guys knew this. Did I tell you this? Have I shared this at some point in our podcasting life slash relationship? Maybe I shared this on Believing Bigger. I'm not sure, but I'm a choir director. Did you know that? I am a choir director and have been for decades. (laughs) Like ever since college, I have been a choir director. And so a lot of times when I'm preparing these podcasts, I've already like developed like a playlist in my head and so I will say that if you listen to this episode and then go and listen to uh, Richard Smallwood, trust me, oh, child, you'll just have a, a great time in the Lord. But back on track, Hebrews 13 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So this begs the question why would God promise mankind? anything. What is the purpose of that? It's not like we deserve it. It's not like we're a bunch of goody two shoes. It's not like God needs us for anything. The Bible says, if we don't praise him, he will let the rocks cry out. Okay. Like literal rocks. The mountains will sing the praises of God if we decide that we don't want to do it. So it's not like he needs us for anything. In fact, it's the other way around. We need him for everything. Well, To get into the purpose of the promise, we need to look at the particulars of the promise. See what I did there? So, usually when a promise is made, it's about something that's either going to happen, so a declaration of the future, or it's something that is harder to believe than not. For example, parents make promises to their kids all the time. I promise if you bring home straight A's, I'll give you the money for X, Y, and Z. Or we make promises about money we intend to pay back. I promise I'll get it back to you by next week. Or we'll say things like, okay, I promise I'm gonna be on time this year. Promises about the future, what's going to happen, or something that usually doesn't happen, which makes it harder for the person to believe. So... When we're looking at the purpose of the promise, I think it would be a good idea to not only look at the particulars of the promise, but let's look at some specific promises. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Some versions say heavy laden and I will give you Rest. Rest. What this scripture is saying is that when you are at your wits end, when you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, and when you're tired of being the one that does for everybody and ain't nobody doing for you, Jesus says, if you come to me, I will give you rest. Many people, when you come to them with a problem, they're already dealing with their own problems. They're looking for rest. They're looking for a break. They're looking for some relief. But Jesus is not like most people. His shoulders were built for our burdens. Let's look at another promise. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So anxiety is a natural human response. When you look at the world around us, the year that we have had just this year, okay, just this year, the losses that we have endured and the uncertainty of the future, it is completely and entirely natural to feel anxious, to feel worried, to feel fretful. But what does God promise? God promises that if you pray, and petition, so that means seek him routinely, and thank him for what he's going to do when he answers your prayer, then he will give you peace that doesn't make sense to have in the world that we live in. I'm going to repeat that, that if you pray and petition, that is to ask consistently, and thank God for what he's going to do, then he will give you peace that does not make sense to have in the world that we live in. So here's another promise. So one promise is about rest. Another promise of these 7,000 plus promises is about peace. And by now you should start noticing a theme. By now you should start to see a pattern emerging. The purpose of God's promises are for the benefit of God's people. I'm going to repeat that. The purpose of God's promises are for the benefit of God's people. His promises are for us. His promises are so that we know that we can count on him. His promises are a reminder that we are not in this world left to fend for ourselves. Jesus in John 16:33 says, "I have told you these things so that you can have some peace. He says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world Jesus knows about corruption and leadership he knows how people that are supposed to love you can be the very ones that hurt you the most he knows how hard it is to be a light in this very dark world and so the purpose of his promise is for the peace of his people which brings us to power the power of the promise and to illustrate the power of the promise I will take you to a very familiar scripture psalms 23 verse 1 you know it's amazing let me just tell y'all it's amazing how one verse one verse will preach it's amazing how one word will preach i will tell you by the end of this episode the one word that built this entire episode okay so psalms 23 1 says this the lord is my shepherd I shall not want. Now I know this is a podcast. So when you get into your own time, I want you to Google it. I want you to look it up. I want you to pull out your Bible and I want you to look specifically at that verse and you will notice something about the way that the Lord is written. Anytime you see the word Lord in all caps, it is a reference to God's original name. What we in the English language have transcribed as Yahweh, okay? Okay. Y-A-H-W-E-H. So the way that we see that word today is not how it was originally scribed. Originally, it was Y-H-W-H. No vowels, okay? The Jews did not even pronounce it because they did not want his name to be misused or miscommunicated in any way. The original spelling, okay, without the, the vowels means to be. So if you think back to Exodus, when Moses is like, okay, so who should I tell Pharaoh has sent me with this message? And God says, I am that I am. That is where this comes from. Okay. So in the original spelling of that, there were no vowels. They didn't even pronounce it. It was so holy. It it just was. Okay. And later on, like about 12th century AD, then, you know, other scribes came along and they, looked at the word Adonai, okay, which means Lord or master. And that's when they kind of like weave the vowels into that word. But in the first line of this Psalm, David is saying, I am is my shepherd. I will not want for anything. To be is my shepherd. I will not want for anything. Because remember, Yahweh, the original spelling without the vowels means to be. Meaning all that And all that was and all that will ever be is providing for me. Hold on to that. David is saying the God of creation is my shepherd. (laughs) I'm good. How good? In Jewish culture, to be a shepherd was not a prestigious job, okay? It was grunt work that usually fell to servants or the youngest boy in the family The shepherd lives among the sheep. The shepherd guides the sheep, feeds the sheep, protects the sheep, smells like sheep. So you can imagine how that goes. And a good shepherd is willing to die to protect the sheep. Sheep are easily frightened. And all throughout scripture, God slash Jesus took on a job that nobody wanted to help guide us and feed us and protect us. So you're like, okay, that's cool. We appreciate that. But where does the power come in? I'm glad you asked. The power comes in in one tiny word in that scripture. Psalms 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So where does the power come in? My. The Lord is my. Yahweh is my. The I am is My. The to be is my. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is my. The God who spoke the world into existence is my. The God who parted the Red Sea for the Israelites is my. The God who loved us so much that he gave his son to die in our place is my. The God who created 12 gates of heaven with streets of gold and walls of jasper is my. The God who conquered death and hell and the grave is is my is my there are several promises many promises thousands of promises that god makes in the bible but if you boil them down kind of thematically you can boil them down into these seven themes: i will be with you i will protect you i will be your strength and i will fight for you i will answer you i will provide for you i will give you peace And I will always love you. So the power in the promise is in the person who made the promise. The power is in the person who made the promise. So. You can take that same list that I'm gonna love you, I'm gonna protect you, I'm gonna be with you, I'm gonna fight for you and provide for you. You can take that same list and point to a string of failed marriages. You can take that same list and point to a bunch of parents who dropped the ball. You can take that same list and find teachers and coaches who did not honor their commitments. You can take that same list and find a bunch of ex-friends and old flames, people who made promises, people who made vows, people who made pledges, and for whatever reason did not do what they said they would do. But when you take that list and you put it next to God, hey, you will come to realize that the power of God's promises is in God himself. And to just punctuate that, okay, to, to punctuate that. The last verse of that Psalm, because Psalms 23 only has six verses, but man, those are powerful verses. The very last verse in that Psalm says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord, all caps. I am to be Yahweh, Adonai, forever. And that same God is still making promises today. David said, surely without hesitation or uncertainty, the goodness of God and the mercies of God will follow me, will chase me, will pursue me, All the days of my natural life, this entire series was built on the first word of that verse. Surely, 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 certainly, absolutely, without a doubt, without dispute, without hesitation, Goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my natural life. And when this life is over, I will be with Yahweh forever. Surely is a powerful word. It means certainly. It means absolutely. It means irrefutably. And I want to know, have you tapped into that kind of power? We are coming off the confidence series. And so we talked about where confidence comes from and what does it mean? But then have you leveraged it? Have you really tapped into it? Have you tapped into that kind of power? Are you living with that kind of certainty? Are you living with that kind of confidence? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In other words, David said, God is with me in my natural life. And when I take my last breath, I'm going to spend the rest of eternity with him. Are you living with that kind of certainty? Are you living with that kind of power? And if you are not, I have to ask the question, why? Because that's one of the things we're going to talk about in the confidence series. Okay. So we ain't going to get to how to do it and and how to execute and and all that type of stuff until we get to what's 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 the hold up okay what are the barriers what is holding you back okay so if you have not registered i'm telling you don't miss your blessing Hop over to readytobelieve.com and make sure you register for that seminar series because the next episode in this series, so part two of the Promise Keeper series, we are going to get real specific about the kept promises of God, okay? So today we talked about the premise and the purpose and the power, and next week we are going to get into the specificity, okay, the characteristics of those promises, okay? So if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, all that good stuff, hit me up. You guys hit me up last week. Reverend Naomi was just such a a, a blessing. Um, man, she just really let us have it. And I'm glad that she blessed you all. I hope that you will share this episode. I hope that you will uh, review this podcast because that is what helps people to find it in addition to your sharing it. And we are going to go right into the new year confidently and believing wholeheartedly in the promises of God. So I will see you guys next time.